the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Rescued. Rescued from the penalty of sin, the power of sin, and one day, the presence of sin. It's all part of our series called Rescued, here on Truth For Today. And again, hello. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Today, Pastor Phil returns us to the book of Romans as our series, Rescued, continues. We're looking again at this message called Sin, the Ruin God Rescues Us From. And we're using that word uniquely and specifically with intent because indeed we are rescued. You ever wonder just how bad sin really is? Well, reverse engineer the cross and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You begin to see why we need a Savior. Here's Pastor Phil with today's program. Paul comes to Rome. God is angry with you. God is angry with the human race. He's not a divine Santa Claus that has to get along with any of you. He doesn't have to get through the psych department. doesn't have to get through the philosophy department. He doesn't have to catch up with Americans. He's God. He's judge. You will face him. And he says, right now, I'm angry. And now I'm going to tell you why I'm angry. If you can write the letters I, you'll get it. First of all, you've chosen to be ignorant of who I am. You've chosen to be ignorant. Notice what he says. Who by their unrighteousness suppress, hold down the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Adam and Eve, God revealed himself. God destroys the earth with a flood. The eight people that survived the flood, God reveals himself to them. At one time, everybody on the face of the earth knew who God was. Everybody. How did we lose him? How did we lose him? Watch. This is how we lost him. For what could be known about God is plain to them. Because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes... Namely, his eternal power and divine nature. You try to make a Milky Way. Something bigger than the stars made the stars. And he said, there's my power on display. The heavens declare my glory. They've been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. In the things that have been made. So they are without excuse For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. He's saying, the human race, I'm angry with you because you put your foot on me and on my neck and everything I stand for, and you've blotted out. You've done everything you can from all the way back in Genesis to blot out who I am. 
You are worshiping gods back in Genesis. You are worshiping your body. You are worshiping perversion. Stuff. Suppress. The word means hold down. Hold down. Stuff out. Put out the fire. God says, you think I'm passive about what you're trying to do when you're trying to snuff out the very existence of my name and what I've done and my creation. I am angry with the human race for this kind of behavior. I hold you all accountable for not knowing who I am. I hold you accountable. Two, idolatry. Watch what he says now. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Human beings would never worship nature, would it? Human beings would never worship whales and at the same time kill children in the womb. It's sophisticated in California. You're you're modern. Save animals, kill children. Save animals, sleep with anything you can get in bed, even if it's an 11-year-old. This is the human race, and they were acting the same way in Rome because the Greeks were bankrupt on morals. He said, he went on down here, they exchanged, in verse 25, they exchanged the truth about God, what could be known, for the lie. It's a definite article in the Greek. For the lie. And worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. Creature worship. I don't care if it's a human being, a thing, money, uh, nature, stars. Uh, man always busts out in some form of worship, some kind of adoration. And he says, they booted me out. They, they made an exchange. You know, it's like a bid for my life. Uh, oh, a snake worship, nature worship, or the living God. Get out of here. I'll take this. And God says, I'm not passive. I'm angry. I made you in my image to worship me, and now you'd rather bow to images. I mean, when you, when you study the history of idolatry that Israel fell into, they were giving their daughters to idols that they would be forced to have sex with that were nothing but wooden stone idols. And you did that and gave me up? You, you mean you would offer your child to Molech? The burning idol that had arms that went into the mouth of the idol that they built a fire inside that idol and then you put your child and it was terrible for the mothers who heard this infant screaming all the way into an inferno on fire. You did that? He said in Jeremiah, you did things I never entered my mind to ask you to do. I just asked you to love me and yet you're burning up your children. You'll do more for sin and the devil than God's ever asked you to do. Quit griping about God and service for God. We give him pittance for what he has done for us. The devil wants you and mister. He'll make a slave, a fool, and an idiot and damn your soul. Satan is the enemy of this universe. Sin will cost you dearly. 
Choose another God. Choose Coke. Take all the Coke you can take. Take sex all you want. Take this. Oh, you'll find no satisfaction. You'll be broken. You'll be broken. You'll be broken. It was when the prodigal came to his senses, he realized, I left the best thing I had in my father's house. I went to the pigs and the hogs, and I'm out here begging to get a meal. And when I've got a dad with a full table, I just got to go home. And some of you need to get home. You need to get home. Sin. Sin. Ignorance. Idolatry. Then God says, when you kick me out and you choose other gods, this is what I'm going to give you over to. Verse 24. I gave them over to the lust of their hearts, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies. Then turn over to page tw- uh, uh, verse 26. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For the women exchange natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. Without God, you won't know what to do with your body. Oh, you'll only do those things that will destroy it. We have more sexually transmitted diseases today, even with penicillin, than any time. We can't control it. We can't control it. But it's a sin that often comes back to haunt what you did with your body in your youth. You can be struggling and living with in your 30s. Why did I throw my body away so recklessly? Because sexual sin, he said, always destroys the body. 1 Corinthians 6. So he said, I gave them up, and when I let pull back the restraints, their bodies were used for all kinds of impurity. They didn't even know who to sleep with, because God gave sex for three things. Number one, procreation. That was what he told Adam and Eve, procreate, and the means is sexuality. And man and woman, keep the race going. If you get just the same genders... You can't keep the race going. You can get some other woman to carry your seed, and they're doing this because they want children. But just logically, if women were with women and men with men, it would be the death of the human race. It would be genocide. So now they have infertilization. Uh, They'll get a lesbian woman to carry my seed so we can't have a child, and we'll share the parenthood together. And so they're getting around that because they do want children. But it, it's, it's an out of balance totally with what the Creator said. So then, look, he ends the chapter with the things God says are debased. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, that's hate. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, Maliciousness, they are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. 
though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. He ends his argument against the human race in chapter 3. And he concludes that both Jew and Gentile are guilty before God. And he sums it up with 14 counts of guilt. 14 counts. And he reaches into the Psalms. And he reaches into the Old Testament to bring forth, Therefore I conclude that the whole human race stands in need of a mighty Savior. And he says this to you. He says this to your mother, to your grandmother, to your children, to your grand. This is God's indictment against the human race. Fourteen counts. We're in court. This is what the judge says. Verse 10. I pick up nine. What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks or Gentiles, are under the divine sentence of sin. It is written, none is righteous, no, not one. Have you ever admitted you're not good enough to go to heaven apart from Jesus Christ? Are you resting in your righteousness? Are you resting? I'm good enough. I'm not that bad. I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice lady. Whatever. And yet he says, none possess the righteousness that will get you to heaven. So you say, well, I've been baptized. Well, uh, that's nice, but it won't save. Say, well, I grew up in church. It's nice. Have you been inoculated or infected? Sometimes you get just enough religion to be inoculated. You know all the answers, but you don't know Christ. You know all about church life, but you're just as lost as you can be. There is none righteous. Isaiah used the phrase, a very gross phrase. Your righteous deeds are like filthy rags. The rags they wrapped around lepers. The rags of menstruation. The rags, that was ceremony. He said, your best stinks before the living God. You're not righteous enough this morning if you should die and leave here. If you have not received Christ, your righteousness by itself will plunge you into hell. You only can find the righteousness that gets you into heaven in the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to die for your sins and to give you a righteousness you could never earn. He goes on. He goes on. He said, no one understands. He's not talking about you don't know mathematics. You don't know GI. No one understands God. They don't understand God's ways uh, because they voluntarily have become ignorant of God. I don't want to know it. I don't, don't bring God into my life. I might feel guilty. He might ruin the party. No one seeks for God. Isn't that amazing? I find many people who say they are seeking God, they're basically seeking relief from some sin. Uh, the girlfriend may be broke up. The wife may have left. The husband may have left. A child may be breaking. And a lot of times, uh, I'll give church a try because, uh, uh, 
you know, I've lost something. I need a sedative for the soul. And that's understandable. But many times they don't want God. They want relief. God seeks us or none would be saved. Jesus sought for you. You don't go looking for him. That's why pain is his famous greatest evangelism tool. Sinners usually have to have enough pain to give God a look at. In your pain, nobody looks better than a Savior. How much will it take? People in hell never repent. We never read of one time they repent. They would do it all over again. Did you know that? The people who go to hell would do it all over again. I don't want God. And if hell's the alternative, I'll take it. It's hard to believe we could be that ignorant, stubborn, and hostile to God. He goes on. All have turned aside. Together, they have become worthless. So we've turned aside from God's uh, path. We've abandoned God. He said we've become worthless. Or the idea is useless. We, we have uh, we've distorted the purpose for which we were created. It's like a tool that refuses to do what it was made to do. It's useless to you. Might as well throw it away. And God said the human race is becoming useless to me. They don't want to give me glory. They don't want to give me honor. They don't want to give me thanks. They want rain. They want children. They want food. They want, but they don't want me. They're useless to me. They don't ever say thanks. They never acknowledge that I created. They're all for self. They're useless for what I made them for. They bring me no glory. Ask yourself, does God get any glory out of you? And then he goes on and says, no one does good. Not even one. That includes you. That includes me. No one. You see, it's this way. We all fall short. Here's the standard. And some are closer to meeting it than others. I liken it to if we all went to Pier 39 and those who did track and if you liked run and broad jump and those kind of things. Uh, let's say we're going to have a contest. Let's have a broad jump contest. And we're going to, here's the goal. Here's the goal. I'm going to compete with you. We're going to run, run. And you've got to reach Alcatraz. I don't care if you outjump me by 20 yards. You're going to land in the bay. You can't jump that far. So some jump further than others. Some are better than others. But none are so good that God says you're good. You're a thousand miles from me. Your best doesn't even touch the closest I want. And then if you don't believe we're sinners, what you need to do is examine the mouth of the patient. You know, you put that little depressor on there. Ah. What's my tongue sticking out? Have anything to do with my problem? Well, they see infection. They can see this. They can see that. But look how God says, this is what I've got against you. Watch, watch your mouth. Watch this. Their throat is an open grave. That, that's kind of depicable. wonder if they're in uh, a decomposition stage. 
That would be a stinking place to be around. That's why they had to put the spices on Jesus quick. They were afraid of decomposition. But did you know what the psalm said? He will not decompose. God promised his son, I will not let the skin worms even touch you. Jesus never even began to rot. No such thing. But he said, the throat is an open grave to some people, the moment they start talking, they start lying. They use their tongues to deceive. They're liars. They never know what they said last because they just lie. Whatever gains the advantage. Notice this. My lens. Uh, I got a grandson that always wants to see National Geographic, and he loves snakes. And you watch enough of those, you don't sleep at night. I mean, I see him getting these venomous snakes and getting the poison out. And man, we were looking at cobras and we were like, ah, and then I was supposed to go to bed and say, don't be afraid. Then, then it's uh, pythons and, you know, things that help you sleep well. And man, that venom is incredible. And here he says, look at the mouth of the sinner, and venom is under their lips. They can poison you in a minute with gossip, slander, bad language. Notice this. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Well, see, I don't work around this. The most dangerous thing in my office is my secretary. But Edwin, who's a teamster, works in San Francisco, he keeps us informed what they talk about on the dock what teamsters are doing all day. The language, the brawls, the animosity, the, uh, the behaviors of sinners. And he keeps us informed, oh, no, no. The mouth of men and women are dirty. They're dangerous. It's full of curses and bitterness. Have you, how many times in a day can you hear somebody say, God damn you? Take God's name to eternally damn someone. First, they're wrong to use God's name. And by the way, church folks, quit using God's name unless you mean it. You know, I hear people in church, oh, Jesus, uh, what do you mean? Were you going to talk to? Go ahead. What you have to say? Oh, no, I just put that in instead of George. I said, Jesus, say George. My wife gets me because I've been saying, bye, George. She said, boy, you're close to cussing. I said, what do you mean? I said, George. He said, you meant it for by God. I said, I never thought of it till you said it. But do you know folks in church, God, Jesus, you're taking his name in vain. I said, you're taking his name in vain. Don't be, don't be using his name unless you really want something. Because you might be shocked. He may just say, yes. And you die on the spot. But look what he says here. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. I belonged to the Richmond Y for a while, and I would do exercises in the pool. But getting out, they had a sauna, and it was amazing. It was mainly an old man's sauna. You got in there, everybody uh, kind of looked like uh, Shamu. Uh, I mean, big gray hair, old, there's old geezers in there, and just, 
like that. I was the youngest thing. You ought to hear what old men can talk about in a sauna. I thought I was at Helms Junior High. I thought, you mean you've got a wife, you've got children, you've got grandchildren, and you still talk like the garbage can. You never got out of the sewer, did you? You're not educated. Oh, no, I'm an engineer. No, no, your mouth betrays your heart. Your mouth brings up from the... McGee used to say the mouth is the bucket that draws from the well of the heart. I know what's in your heart when I listen to you talk. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue. Suite 278, Hercules, California, 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also be able to find out more about Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, who we are, what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Message.